This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people struggling with the new dating landscape. In season two, Be My Carry-On Baggage, we look at how the coronavirus pandemic is going to impact the future of dating. We'll get insights from digital nomads who have been navigating dating under extreme circumstances for years, as well as stories from people who have been locked down in love. Today, we're going to be covering coronavirus weddings, the ones that happened and the ones that didn't. This is season two, episode six, For Whom the Wedding Bell Tolls. I'm Ellie. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. In this episode, we'll be talking to long-term nomads, writers, and performers, John and Viv who got engaged at the Edinburgh Fringe and had planned to have a super showboaty wedding during 2020, but ended up cancelling because COVID. We also chat to Miranda, who took the opposite approach and decided to seize the day and tie the knot during lockdown. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire. In this segment, we give you a little update on our dating escapades over the past week. Um, I had loads of updates last week. And now it's locked down. I'm back to not having any. (laughs) You've been having virtual lockdown dates now. Yeah, it kind of takes me back to the first lockdown when I was at my mum's house and in my tiny little room having Zoom dates. And back then it all seemed like, oh my God, this is such a novelty. I'm going to like put on makeup and, you know, have a glass of wine. And it all seemed quite fun. And now I'm just like, oh, why do we have to do it over Zoom? <laughs> um, but no, yes, I am continuing to virtual date, virtually date the nomad guy who I mentioned last week. And... And it's all really nice. And we we had a gin and well, I had gin and tonic. He had whiskey. We talked for hours, and it went really fast. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's ten o'clock! I can't believe it's got to ten o'clock. How did that happen?" <laughs> um, so that was nice. And that's that's it. I know we went on a we went on a walk. We did a virtual walk date where we both went on our own walk and had a phone call at the same time. Nice. So that was nice. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing what I can, but it's not the same. I understand. Uh, I mean, it's more than what I'm doing, which is absolutely nothing. Uh, but some exciting news. We've been hassling our listeners and patrons to set us up at the end of every episode. Nobody has. Uh, and now somebody that does not listen to the podcast and has no idea that I even make this podcast has offered to sum me up. So I guess I'm going to go on like a virtual blind date. Okay. That's exciting. Um, yeah. From, from what I know, I'm just not sure that it's going to be a good fit. Uh, lifestyle wise as we've talked about Mm. like being a nomad is a challenge especially when dating non-nomads so yeah I don't know but it's just like nice that it happened that I got set up because I just really don't want to go back onto the apps I am quite keen to meet people IRL doing fun things but that is who knows how many months away so yeah I guess the nice thing about being set up is that well okay I say this and then I remember that Ellie got ghosted uh by someone she <laughs> by. but I feel like the nice thing about being set up is that like they're more likely to just be a genuinely good and cool person so it just seems that like I f- I'm sure it'll be a nice chat even if it doesn't work out yeah I think that's the general rule I think I was mm-hmm. just unlucky with my <laughs> setup <laughs> <laughs> And now without further ado and without dwelling more on our depressing dating lives, it's time for our main and more exciting discussion about weddings. Gone with the Wi-Fi. Welcome, John and Viv. So nice to have you here. Thank you for having us. Hello. (laughs) No worries. Okay, so we're going to jump right in and ask you to talk us through your nomad love story. Um, how did it how did it all 
how did it all start? How long have you been together? And just a bit about what your life together has looked like. Nice. This is actually getting together stories one we tell quite a lot. So it's pretty good. Do you want to start and I'll like jump in? <laughs> okay. So a long time ago, um, I dated, I moved to the UK for a, a boy that I was in love with whose name was not John. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I thought you were going to name him there. I suppose. You can name him. <laughs> yeah, his name's yeah. Matt. Yeah. Oh, nice okay. guy. Could be one of eight billion white guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I moved to the UK. I was very young, very naive, dated this guy, Matt. We were not a good match, but we tried to make it work for a while. But he was a comedian and because I and I had met him at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And, um, and you have a type. Yes, which is comedians. <laughs> the last three relationships I've had have all been with comedians. Um <laughs> And let me see, um, yeah, not long before Matt and I broke up for the third time, uh, John was doing a gig in Brighton, which is the town where Matt and I lived in the UK. And um, John came and stayed at Matt's place. He crashed on his sofa and we met in a very platonic way. Um, just had a little chat about he was a, he'd just been to Japan. I was about to go to Japan. We were just chatting. And then John, who at the time used to write people a lot of letters, wrote Matt a letter saying, uh, thanks for having me to stay. And I read the letter and I tweeted John and I said, oh, that was cool. And he said, you should write one. So I was like, okay, I'll write a letter. So I wrote him uh, a letter and I sort of introduced myself I was like here's 10 things you need to know about me it was very oh. strange <laughs> flex I no think. it was like well I, what I liked about it was you didn't want to just be known as Matt's girlfriend yeah so you were like here's facts about me as opposed to just like I'm someone's girlfriend okay um so I was I had a job at the time invigilating exams so I basically had to sit in a room for hours while kids did exams it was really boring and I got this letter and I was like, oh, this will be fun. I'm going to reply to this. And I was reading through it. I was like, huh, got an awful lot in common with this person. But it was one of those things where it was in some ways it was quite useful because it was like, well, she's already in a relationship. So the prospect of anything happening is zero. Therefore, I don't have to worry about it going wrong. So I was like, <laughs> I can just write whatever I want back. This would just be nice. So I wrote, I replied to the 10 things about her and replied with, with 10 about me. Mm -hmm. Um and kind of unbeknownst to me, Viv was reading this letter being like, oh, I've got a lot more in common with this guy than the, the guy I'm dating right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like a fun thing that happened. And we wrote, you wrote one back to me after that, I think. Yeah. Um, but to cut a long story short, I was going to Edinburgh, to Edinburgh Festival to do a show. And um, Viv had messaged me like two, go on, do you want to well, take I, it Well, I, I, wrote, I wrote my, what would end up being the final letter. Listed, uh, to John saying oh so uh, Matt and I have broken up <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Um, and then a bit later saying oh I think I'm going to come to Edinburgh in the last weekend of the festival um, and I messaged John and a bunch of other people saying can I crash with any of you guys so um, John said yes and then uh, I waited a respectful amount of time to see if anyone else would say yes and they didn't so I was like, oh I guess I guess I can sounds like my friends are dicks yeah <laughs> maybe they do um so Viv, Viv came to stay and there was a whole lot of shenanigans we don't really have time to go no, into about take like up the whole interview. moving moving between houses and an ex-girlfriend and stuff it's all... Matt's new girlfriend who he didn't want me to meet oh it was she was staying at our house so but I didn't know it, up. it was very complicated <laughs> but... But, but the long and the short of it was Viv couldn't stay with us on the last night she had to go and stay somewhere else because the ex-girl the new girlfriend was staying with us before I knew she was the new girlfriend, whatever. So I had, I was then walking Viv home. So we, we'd all gone out for a meal together on like the last night of the fringe. And so we were all going back to my, to my place and Viv was going instead of to our place, a different direction. And then I was like, oh, hey, would you like me to walk you home? Very smooth. Um, super smooth. Uh, and so that I think was the sliding doors moment. Yeah. Where... Well, the other one was when we got to the doorway, I was like, how do I get him inside? I know, I'll ask him in for a cup of tea because he's an Englishman. <laughs> It worked. <laughs> Works. I do like tea. Open. So yeah, that was um, eight and a half years ago. Yeah. So that was, yeah, 20, very end of 2012 that we first kind of, oh, and so we made out on that night. Yeah. And then we, we, we made it official about a month later. How, how uh, explicit <laughs> is your podcast? Oh, as explicit as you want. Yeah. All right. Well, we had our, we had our first date, I don't know, like a week later. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we boned before the first date, which was great. <laughs> 
then we went out on the first date and it was really nice Thanks. um <laughs> you, can, you can cut it if you want whenever you want that to be known it's um, fine it's a sex look, positive you know, podcast it, we, we lived in different cities i was like you know gotta make this count lock this shit down yeah, yeah. well we've talked about how nomad relationships gotta move quick because like you only got a limited <laughs> amount of time in the same place yeah. yeah and well actually at the time i so i had six months of my uh youth visa left in the uk so i was kind of like this will be a fun way to fill in six months <laughs> and i had a crippling fear of commitment so i was like well if this goes wrong she's literally <laughs> going to the furthest possible place away from me so it's very low stakes yeah but then of and, course and those low stakes blossomed into the beautiful relationship you see before you <laughs> uh, yeah well and and i think gave kind of the foundation of our nomad life together because mm. You know, we got to a point where if we wanted to be together, we couldn't both be in the UK. Although I did kind of come in and out sort of semi-illegally for a while there. It was like skating on thin ice. Mm. Yeah, The home office is not going to be listening to this one. Hey, if I I was the home (laughs) office to catch some (laughs) some cheeky uh, illegals, I'd listen to dating abroad. (laughs) Um, But then after a while, we were kind of, we had both sort of separately being interested in um traveling and working at the same time and so and we'd been talking about it john had read read the four hour work week he was like you gotta read this book and i was uh, like okay this, this young guy tim ferris he's got some really <laughs> good ideas um but in general we were both very on the same page of like n- the idea of nomading so we were like well i sort of tried to get like a a work sponsored visa which is very hard to do and i'm like well why don't we just let's not do this let's do the other thing that we both really want to do which is like go and go to thailand so um so we did that i had also never connected to the nomad thing the fact that we first bonded over going to japan as well yeah it's kind of nice and to to bring it to the wedding thing like our honeymoon was always going to be to go to japan because we've both been separately Mm -hmm. but never together Mm -hmm. um obviously that is on the back burner for the time being but we had 2023 fingers crossed 2023 that's so long away yeah yeah um but yeah so we kind of nomad stuff has definitely been in the like lifeblood of the relationship from Mm. the very beginning yeah and we like we yeah we nomaded for a bit and then john came and we lived in sydney he for a year and then we nomaded a bit more and then i got um we got a partner visa so that i could come and be in the uk and then we mm. kind of became more uh location independent yeah and it's kind of nice now that we are living actually very nomadically at the moment because as much as you can be <laughs> yeah in terms of like we have moved out of london and we are mm. staying in devon uh, mm-hmm. in a nice holiday let and it's kind of we're living very much a digital nomad lifestyle in terms of we are entirely working online and yeah. if we were allowed to move about we would but um mm. we've kind of not we, gone we did back some geo to geo arbitrage yeah yeah some <laughs> very yeah, tim to go, ferris to go back very, to tim ferris yeah, yeah. yeah. geo arbitrage about going to devon instead of london as opposed <laughs> to going to southeast asia um, <laughs> but the um but yeah our lifestyle is actually very similar now and and once we mm. are allowed to move we will be able to quite easily so it's not like we kind of slid back into nine to five jobs when we did eventually come back and live together no. so it's kind mm. of we've kind of continued that nomadic the vibe um, ethos yeah, yeah. Which is mm. really cool it is really cool i'm still like very invested in this this friend drama though like are you still friends with matt or what well, happened yes actually yes there was a while where unrelatedly i got very pissed off at him <laughs> for something else that happened during our relationship and then i decided to forgive him on his birthday and it was you, you let him have it though it oh, i let him have it that's another, have it, that's another story not okay, about this. that'll be part um, two interview it, oh, it is delicious it's though. such a good story but um yeah no no we're friends and uh he's still a comedian and john's still a comedian and whenever we're all in edinburgh we all go and have a, a milkshake together matt and mm-hmm. i were never meant to be so <laughs> i think he knew that yeah you gave it a good go yeah he was like the uh what's it called the stepping stone to the real thing he was he was the support act to my yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of the edinburgh fringe why don't you tell us about your proposal okay this one's pretty good uh although i did say that about the other one as well they're both good (laughs) better be better great stories yeah (laughs) Yeah. um so yeah it was uh 2000 and uh 
18 god yeah 2018 so long ago <laughs> um and yeah we're doing a show at the edinburgh fringe we hadn't done any shows for quite a while at edinburgh because like, we'd been nomading we'd been nomading yeah so the last fringe that we'd done together was 2013 um so it's many years away and it was a huge part of my life before i met viv and you know part of us getting together so it's very important but we were kind of worried about going back to it were we going to be able to kind of um function in this environment was it going to go well and we've, of course we've been away for a while <laughs> you know knowing having this caution we didn't go like sort of gently we were like okay we're writing a play we're um producing it and have hiring six actors we're um <laughs> doing a separate run of our werewolf show which is completely new and we're doing a one-off charity special in a 400-seat venue. Oh, my God. Do. What the hell were we thinking? I know. Maniacs. <laughs> it, it all made sense at the time. Yeah. We were like, we're going up anyway. This is gonna, so We're going to save money on housing because we're only, mm. you know, getting one place for all of these shows. And totally justified it to ourselves. But it was a really <laughs> a really difficult month. And very early on, it was also, oh, my God. It was also <laughs> my mum's 60th birthday. And uh, she, my Viv had had the idea to secretly to spoken to my dad saying we should do a surprise thing and my mum had always wanted to go to Barcelona it's actually such a nomad story it's so good <laughs> always wanted to go to Barcelona so Viv and my dad and the kind of us had been organizing this trip where he would get her out there and we would all surprise her the family would all be there as well so we organized all of this and then we decided we were going to do the Edinburgh Fringe and we kind of forgot that we'd organized the Barcelona trip which would fall right in the on middle the, of the fringe on the 6th of august which was the first, first monday. monday of the fringe so suddenly mm -hmm. we were like holy shit we have to be in barcelona and during Edinburgh. during a 30 day or like 25 day fringe run with no day with one day off in the middle so we were like okay this is gonna be tricky um so we finished our show at like midnight on the sunday got home slept for two two to three hours got a taxi to the airport this is monday morning flew out to barcelona then we like blearily like organized and we, we walked into the square where we we're meeting my mum uh surprised her it was great big tears everything then went home hung out at the apartment for a couple of hours fell asleep for a bit <laughs> woke up and then there was a huge party in the evening where some of her other friends had been had come out come out so it was like this huge like not huge, I don't know, like 10, 15 people, but like this lovely dinner. She was completely bowled over, really surprised. But yeah, so we spent that night there. We got up early the next morning and flew back to Edinburgh. So we were very exhausted. So, and then we're like, we're running all these shows and blah, blah, blah. And we sort of get to the final night of the Fringe with a lot, very exhausted. Basically, I was like, and also my mum put all these photos up of this lovely event and then she must have been she must have got drunk which she almost never does but underneath the picture of this lovely event she was like what a perfect day now all I need is for you and Viv to get married or you and Viv to get engaged <laughs> I was like why are you talking about that on your birthday pictures but weirdly enough it did give me the idea really <laughs> not, not, like it wasn't the catalyst but it was like hmm. it was definitely a factor um oh. we've, been, we've been thinking about it for ages anyway but um Anyway, I decided about halfway through that month, this very intense, like tumultuous month with all this stuff going on. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it in Edinburgh. This is the place to do it. So I decided it was going to be on the last night of the Fringe. Um, so I'd planned it all. I'd, uh, I'd borrowed a guitar from a friend, but I had to sneak it backstage because Viv was always there. You know, we set the venue up together. So I had to, actually, you know, my friend smuggled it in himself, I think. Had to practice the song loads that I was going to sing. I had to keep listening to it on Spotify, but Viv used my Spotify account for the show. So I had to keep deleting my search results on Spotify. Like it was like a guilty porn secret. And I had to just keep like deleting my search results. And I had to keep remembering every time I listened to it to get rid of it. Or she'd be like, why the hell is he listening to that one song a hundred times? Um, so did all of that did the last show, message a bunch of friends to be like, hey, can you come to the show? It's really important. And some of them were like, sure. And others were like, yeah, okay, if you want. And then one of our friends, a good friend of Viv's left halfway through because she was like, sorry, I got to go on to the next show. And I was like, no, oh, please no. don't go. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah, but my mum was there. She yeah. didn't know what was oh. gonna happen. Uh, that was cool. And also my parents had come up. I, I told my mum I was gonna do it. And she mm -hmm. basically exploded. But she, she kept it all in um, and she, brought the ring so my grand my great aunt has a ring uh that was her mum her mum's her mother's which is your great grandmother's my great grandmother's wedding ring so she had she, engagement, ring. engagement ring sorry she had bequeathed that to me years ago because she really likes Viv yeah to like, about two years in she was like if you and Viv 
get married. You can have my mother's engagement ring. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. no Thank pressure. Um, so I, yeah, so we had the ring and my mum had brought it up and they'd come to visit us for the charity show that we mentioned earlier. Sorry, you're probably going to have to cut This is banging this. on so long. I know, but it's so no, good. It's, it's okay. all context. It's there's it's so much good. about our itinerary in Barcelona. Yeah. It's, very, it's, no, it's no mad stuff. It's very important for my emotional state because it's a turning point for me. Anyway, she brings up the ring. She smuggles it in with like my post because she always loves to like bring me my post. She's like, here you go, John. Here's your post. And within it nestled the ring, which is a great <laughs> handover. Viv had no idea. She'd also had some some stuff that was addressed to me because, you know, as nomads, we always like, you have to have your post going somewhere, right? And it's... Mm-hmm and appearance so all of my uk posters so she's like viv here's some stuff for you absolutely uh, distracted you it was, I was great like, oh. got yeah. the ring so i had the ring i had the guitar i had everything <laughs> set and so we finished the last show and we've gotten really well with our tech people in the venue so they were all on they all knew what i was going to do as well so i finished the show and i was like uh so i just want to say a big thank you to someone who's you know been here the whole time has really helped me through this experience a uh, round of applause for producer viv and she comes on stage and she sits down and i just disappear to go and get the guitar yeah he made me sit down and then close my eyes oh, yeah, in front him. of the audience so <laughs> by myself with my eyes shut like, pretty sure I know what's about to happen, but I don't want to say anything in case I'm wrong. Yeah, it'd be really bad if you were like, yeah. oh, come away. And then it was just me doing a little dance. Yeah, so I'm just having to kind of like vamp on stage. Um, so, and there is video footage of this. So you, we, yeah. can, we can give you the YouTube link so you, your listeners can, can see it in its full glory. But I came back on stage singing a song from The Wedding Singer, which is in the film, but the musical version, because that was a song that Viv and I, sang together really early on when we were together uh called i want to grow old with you which is very sweet oh. and i came in singing that viv immediately started crying it was great um i had the lyrics printed off on a bit of paper so she could join in uh we did a little sing together yeah loads of tears i knelt down with the ring i didn't actually say will you marry me because i got caught up in the moment viv just said yes <laughs> so I ne- did oh. i technically ask at any point i, I think i did it later yeah you did it later <laughs> <laughs> i was like i think you haven't actually asked yeah and we're still not married. So read, <laughs> yeah. read into that. <laughs> um, we all had a cry and Viv's mum was there, as she said, which is really yeah, nice. So she ran in. Lots of strangers were there also giving us hugs. My, cu- my cousin crying. My cousin just turned up. It didn't let me Randomly. know he was going to be there. Yeah. He just came mm. to the last Fringe show. He just happened to be there. I was like, cool, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was very lovely. Yeah, it was good. I know a lot of people are like, oh, public proposals are the worst. I would never want one, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, it was perfect for us. And it was like, it was the last night of the fringe was the night that we first kissed. And yeah. like the song was important to oh. us and the like experience of putting on a show together and all of that stuff. And it's yeah. like, it's obviously not for everyone. And some of them are just public for the sake of publicity. But yeah. it was kind of yeah. like... This is part of our DNA. I think as a it, couple. I think it kind of sunk in throughout the month that this was the perfect time to do it and for loads of reasons. So it didn't, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like it was a kind of showboaty thing to do, even though it was, but it was showboaty <laughs> in a way that was that was authentic to our relationship. Yes, so. totally, totally. It felt legit. Yeah. So Some I'm gonna like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go you go on. I was going to make a very clever segue to ask if the wedding was going to be showboaty as well. And what was oh, the yeah. plan? Oh, 100%. So, just so much showboating, like <laughs> unbelievable amounts. How much can we talk about? Like, because this kind of weird, because we don't know what we're going to do for the wedding when it happens. Like, mm. we don't know if we're still going to feel like doing the same stuff that yeah. we wanted to do a year and a bit ago. We will be different people on the other side of this and so will all of our mm. guests um yeah but our plans were very extravagant so we we're gonna have a like we always said we wanted a big wedding lots of guests um like big country house sort of a whole weekend kind of affair so you can really enjoy spending time with people instead of just being like hi bye on the mm. day um we were gonna have we were going to do performances we were going to have friends doing performances we were going to have like a choir kind of situation with one of our favorite songs uh a choir of family and friends yeah opposed to hiring them in yeah um the our celebrant is a a performance artist who i met when i lived in brighton um and he's oh he had such cool ideas very cool yeah so it was going to be a lot of kind of public 
stuff. And the dress code was fabulous. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it was amazing how many people stepped up who, you know, even like a couple of nomad friends who don't have room in their backpacks would like just shows pictures of the outfits they were going to wear. And it was like, this is really like touching yeah. to Aww. see people like with very limited <laughs> space yeah. doing stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that was very cool. So yeah, it was going to be very fabulous yeah. and performing. That's fun. And then, so then COVID happened. So I guess, was it kind of an easy decision to put, well, not easy, but easy to postpone because you knew you wanted a big wedding or kind of what was that process like in deciding? Great question. So we, so when it happened, we were still about three months out. So we hadn't gone right into like, we were about to sort of enter the final stretch of like all of the proper preparations and things yeah, the timing was actually mm-hmm. i don't want to say lucky because obviously we had to cancel it but yeah. it could have been a lot worse if yeah. it was like even like a month later totally well we knew people who were like they're getting married in a couple of weeks time and the venue won't change this their you yeah. know mm-hmm. booking or anything and like I, I guess some of the australians had booked flights but not all of them yes my family had but like quite a few friends because they in australia they seemed to cotton on a lot quicker that it was going to be mm. a big thing and they were like friends were like not sure yeah. uh i'm gonna hold out on booking my flight i'm just i'm gonna kept, play it by ear kept getting these emails i was like guys like, what? fuck's sake God, <laughs> you're, such, you're such warriors yeah and then they're all correct so within um like a week or two of it kind of being properly declared a pandemic well basically a week really i was you, like you were when, on it really fast yeah i was like Thank i know God. that it's not going to be done in three months time mm-hmm. uh and i then i procrastinated for a little while because I didn't want to call the venue and change it um but I rang them up and we booked it to this October which at mm. the time felt like it was probably a, f- a wide enough berth and we I, I was like it's so far because I because we had you had an option for like June or July this year and I was like yeah. oh I wish you'd gone for that it's all gonna be back to normal such a good time of year but now I mean, yeah. who knows if October will even be enough. But. That's mm. the thing. And I don't, I'm not sure that it will. But it was a very good. Yeah. I mean, because I've known people who have postponed their weddings like three times already. And it's like, mm. oh, that's so much, you know, upheaval every single yeah. time and, and so much uncertainty. And I, I felt because, you know, part of part of why we wanted this big wedding is because one of the other things we love to do is put on parties. We love to host and we love to throw parties. And I really thought like the best thing in among all this uncertainty that we can give to our guests is certainty. Like mm. it's not happening. Don't worry. It's Structure, happening. Planning. Yeah. Like don't have this as another thing to worry about. Yeah. We'll take care of it. Yeah. So we recorded mm. a very cute video and sent it to all our guests. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be later. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The thing we learned from parties is like, structure and rules are really important and there's a book that is it's, it sounds counterintuitive but it is true there's a book called the art of gathering which we've read in book club um the nomad book club uh which do we know what that is have we talked about that no well they do a nomad book club you can cut all this out we'll put um, it in the show notes. uh we've talked about club the nomad book. in space podcast on here before so okay great people great. Know. But it's all about uh, like how structure is really important for really memorable events. And so mm. um, we've, we've incorporated that with loads of the parties that we throw and with the wedding itself. And then with the like structure around the wedding, it's really important to be like, you do not need to think about this guests, like mm. put this in the mm. pile of to worry about later. So yeah, you, you were very good, Gorge. You did a very good job of, of um, damage limitation. Thanks, darling. <laughs> um, but yeah, now it's looking a whole lot closer and uh yeah. You know, I, I can't really see it going ahead in the way that we um, envisaged this yeah. October, particularly as a lot of, um, like, Australians aren't going to be able to leave Australia probably mm-hmm. any time this year. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I, can't, I can't get married if my mum's not there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, actually one thing I thought would be nice to talk about is what we ended up doing on the day that we were meant to have our wedding. Oh, yeah. Um, which is that uh, we we thought like, okay, we're in the middle of lockdown. It's just going to be really sucky if we're just sitting there, just the two of us by ourselves, like again, you know, mm. every single day. <laughs> so we planned and This to... was like two months in, was it? Yeah. Oh, three months in, end of May. Yeah. Um, so we, we, plan- we did a 
a live, we live streamed a concert where we sang a bunch of our favorite songs. Um, and we had just invited all of our guests plus anyone else who wanted to watch to just mm, tune in and nice. uh, chat along. And we just had a really lovely time where we felt very like held by our community and like we were doing something positive instead of feeling sad on the day. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was really great. And then we had like a, a distanced picnic in the park yeah. uh, with some friends <laughs> who are part of our bridal party. Um, we did a family quiz later. I was I was so drunk that I was I was hung over by the evening because we had started <laughs> drinking and with breakfast. I know, um, yeah, but we yeah. still won. Still won. They might they might have let me. Boom. I have no idea. Although, <laughs> you, you were pretty sober, weren't you? Yeah, sharp you. as a tack. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lovely day. Yeah. But didn't we get our guests to do something like send us oh, pictures yeah, of what we, they were doing? We got them to send send in a picture of them on the day as well and then we, we're gonna try and Have incorporate we that i don't think everyone took one but yeah. we got a bunch we, we got did. a bunch okay, we got right. enough so we'll incorporate those on the day when it does eventually happen yeah oh that's nice so if yeah the same people are still invited who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that is a whole thing like yeah. what if you fall out with someone or you like yeah. you don't see them well, for there two have years. been like relationship <laughs> breakups and all kinds yeah. of stuff in the meantime it's like it's oh true. fucking mind oh, yeah like some, even some, of that. Yeah. yeah, some couples are now married who were like together-ish before, not together-ish, but were like, or like, or they're more established in their relationship where before we're like, it's babies. only for you. Yeah. Like it's right. just a, you know, plus one. And now it's like, oh, well now you're kind of a little bit more sort of entwined. So yeah. we kind of have to invite your really plus one. And yeah, everyone's having babies. Everyone yeah. is having babies. And we were going to have a child-free wedding. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we'll just have to have a big like ball pit that we chuck them all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you, so you're planning probably to postpone again and then even rethinking what the actual day is going to look like. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Try Honestly, not to think about it. That yeah. Much the <laughs> yeah. Which is why this podcast has been a godsend for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, just feeling very, very ambivalent about the whole thing. It's like it's very hard to get excited about something if you're not sure it's going to happen and yeah. if it's not mm-hmm. going to happen in the way you want it to. Um, and when we postponed it, it was so far away. I just put it in the, like, file in my brain that was like, don't even think about this. Yeah. And now it's still quite far away, but, like, the but same year. And about at about the same point where you would start organising a wedding if you were organising yeah. a wedding in normal circumstances and like how much of the stuff that we want to plan can we even do like yeah. thankfully we've done food tasting and stuff but like so much stuff that you'd rather do in person <laughs> well like but actually then like our our menu was like sharing platters oh yeah so it's like are we going to be able to do that are we we wanted to have like you know we're going to put on say a breakfast and a brunch kind of yeah. thing in the morning after like can you do a sort of a buffet style thing where people are like i don't know god yeah it's really depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is. I kind of so glad we're bringing all this up for you guys. Yeah, look, it's it's good to talk about actually yeah, because it's you know come we, up at some we point. haven't really sat down to talk about it much. Yeah, I kind of part of me is just like let's just so in next door to our flat in East London, they're actually um, turning a sort of town hall building into a wedding registry and like a, a cafe. And part of me just wants to go like let's just get married next door like sign the papers and then in five years time let's have a huge huge party when we can like just chuck loads of money at it invite literally everyone we've ever met and there will be no covid (laughs) or the world will be over so we (laughs) we won't have to think about it so your fear of commitment will have finally been, yes be, bur- be burned up by the raging atmosphere created by global warming or drowned by the rising seas there's so many options wow what if it was someone with a fear of commitment that had a wedding coming up that planted covid so that they exactly were- almost definitely it was a bat fear <laughs> yeah. of commitment stupid bat stupid pangolin oh i don't know if she's the one Here, i'm gonna shit at this Let's, guy's mouth let me just buy a couple of years so uh... <laughs> <laughs> if I poo in enough places, I reckon I can put this wedding off. Oh, no. <laughs> too far. It was batshit that did it, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking. 
Cool. Well, do you guys have any other final thoughts, advice for other couples who are have weddings coming up in the next couple months and are probably going to have to postpone? I think like it's been really helpful uh, just to kind of shrink it down in your mind, in, in one's mind mm. to be like, this is not going to be the thing we, we thought it was going to be for now. Mm. Yeah. And also to like give yourself some space to mourn that. It's like, I find myself getting jealous of anyone who got married up to 2019. Mm. <laughs> kind of like you got to have whatever day you planned, you probably got to have it roughly yeah. the way mm. you planned it. And, and part of me is like, maybe like I'm, I'm never going to have the wedding that I planned because, because it is just going to be different. We'll be at a different point in our lives. And yeah. Our guests will be at a different point in their lives. And that's not to say it'll be better or worse. It'll just be different. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if you're sad about that, then, you know, definitely allow yourself to, um, to be mm. sad. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot to grieve. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, sure. Other bad stuff has also happened in the pandemic. Yes. But, you know, this is still valid. Your sadness about this is still valid. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. That's a good point. And on, and on the other hand, you know, it's like we're, we're still kind of generally feeling very lucky and we still want to get married. So that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's no, like, well, important. There are lots of people who have broken up through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. like, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I'm, I feel like the nomad life does prepare you more for lockdown in terms Mm -hmm. of like being in the same space together quite a lot. Mm. Obviously with, Mm -hmm. with nomad stuff, you can go out and you can be in other venues, Mm. but like we would, when we were traveling a lot, we were just like basically living together in lockdown just with a few more coffee shop visits and that we would be stuck in one place working all the time, certainly Mm. in the early days. Mm. So I feel like we are, we were more prepared than some. Um, But even then it's been really hard. Like you're stuck in, really confined space with someone who is really annoying (laughs) (laughs) things just are really hard and like yeah so like it's good yeah if you still want to marry this person that's great it's uh, something to celebrate love that well what a perfect place to end thank you guys so much for coming on and talking about it licking your wounds (laughs) yeah you're welcome welcome miranda it's so good to have you Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's jump right in. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Trevor? We'd just like to know a bit of background. When and how did you meet and a little insight into what your life together looked like before COVID? Sure. So Trevor and I have been together for about a thousand years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We met sometime around 2011. Uh, We've been living together since 2012. He's the stepdad to my two boys. And we got engaged, I'm going to say in 2016, and kept trying to get married and things just kept happening. So it it never really came together. (laughs) And then COVID was the time where it was like, nah, this isn't getting in the way. (laughs) Exactly. And well, Trevor has um, aunts. So his mom had him when he was a teenager. And he was sort of the baby of the family, all the girls raised him. And then I just have a totally crazy family. So when we looked at what our ideal wedding would look like, it, it kind of involved running away from home, <laughs> going to an <laughs> island, you know, but we had, we had a lot of pushback from both sides of the family that they wouldn't forgive us if we did that. And they really wanted to be involved. And it, it's my second wedding. So I did the big wedding the first time. And Trevor's really shy and neither of us wanted 150 people at a wedding. It actually just gave us hives to think about that. (laughs) So we just kept putting it off thinking, there's not really a way to make everyone happy. You know, it's not going to be quite what we want. And it's, it's, it just became this complicated thing that for years we just kept saying, we'll do it later, you know? And so when COVID came, (laughs) we started to think about it a lot more seriously. Like we could just go to the courthouse and have a legit reason to tell our families that we did this and they can't get upset (laughs) at us. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Actually, one of my friends owns uh, a really cute little inn called the Walters Falls Inn. It's about half an hour from here out in a rural area. And she put together because with COVID, she had to basically shut down almost her entire business. Um, And she had done big weddings out there, but she put together an elopement package 
So at that point, you could only have 10 people gathering in an outdoor space in our area of Ontario. And she was able to do it really quickly because with COVID, the regulations kept changing, you know, and things weren't allowed that were allowed two weeks ago. So she said, you know what, just for this X amount of dollars, leave it with me. I'll arrange the flowers, the photographer, the meal, everything. You just show up with eight people because we had to leave room for the officiant, of course, and the photographer. So it was actually perfect. I, it, I wouldn't have had it any other way. We just showed up, didn't have to worry about anything. It was my mother-in-law, my father-in-law and his girlfriend, um, my mom, my dad had passed away. So we did a memoriam to him. And then my two boys who were part of the ceremony. And it was just absolutely what we wanted. So it, it ended up to be perfect. I love that. I like the perfect COVID storm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And having her plan, everything was like, we just showed up and she said, we've got a room ready for you. Go up there. My mother-in-law brought up a bottle of wine. You know, we did our makeup. We did our own hair. It was actually my sister had done my hair that morning, did her own makeup. And it was just pain-free the way a wedding should be. That sounds lovely. And how fast was it? Like once kind of the pandemic started and we knew that it was going to go on for a while, was this a discussion you kind of had near the beginning or like when did how did that process work of deciding like, yes, this is definitely what we want to do? Yeah, we talked about it a bit in the spring. And the thing with outdoor weddings is in Ontario, as you know, Kayla, it's the weather is so unpredictable. So we <laughs> yeah. just kept kind of thinking about it and like, I don't know, what if we plan it for some day, you know, four months from now, and then it pours rain, or it's mm. 35 degrees, or, you know, or it snows, all of this could happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was it was the kind of the perfect solution. I just kept thinking about it until um, this girl said, you know, I can just take all of that worry off your hands. And because they had the inn, she did have indoor space where we could have been socially distant. We, it, it would have been like a ballroom. So I'm glad that we did get to do it outdoors because it was gorgeous. But to have that plan B in the wings just took all the stress off my shoulders and it was great. Yeah, oh, it sounds ideal. So, I mean, obviously you had an awesome excuse not to invite your extended family and friends, um, but how did they react? <laughs> they, you know what? They were totally supportive. Um, I think because we've been together so long, they know both of us really well. You know, they know mm -hmm. Trevor doesn't want a big to-do. Um, and we promised that after this is all over, we'll have a big party, probably just have like a backyard barbecue or something, you know, where everybody can get together. And so they know that we want to celebrate, you know, all, all together eventually someday, but just getting married in front of 150 people or a hundred people, it would have made us so nervous and mm. it, we wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So mm. I think people generally understood that. Yeah. That does kind of sound like an ideal to have like a very small ceremony and then a big party later. Yeah. I'm going to consider now. this if I ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> yes how much how much later we're not sure but later <laughs> <laughs> so uh how does it feel now to be married did it <clears throat> change anything or was it just we've already been together and been engaged for so long it was same same yeah that's a good question I don't think it feels all that much different I mean we did take a family vacation we took a a family moon I guess you call it so we rented a cottage and we spent um, the boys stayed with us for a weekend and then we had a week to ourselves, which was really nice. Um, and it's, it's nice to have a reason to do that because it's hard in the, you know, the grind of he's a chef, I own my own business. And then the boys are teenagers and, you know, everybody's going separate directions all the time. So it was a good opportunity for us to just take some time off, slow down, spend time together and, and just kind of re remember why we're in this, you know what I mean? Take some time to appreciate each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And how has it been in general in uh, lockdown? Has that impacted um, <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> He's actually a super fun lockdown partner. Like we mm -hmm. like watching movies and eating edibles and eating, ordering pizza and doing all the, the things. Um, and we adopted a little puppy about a week and a half ago. So we have a COVID baby. <laughs> he's nine weeks old now and he's keeping us busy. And then, you know, we've got our, our 15 year old German shepherd. 
the two birds, the two teen boys. So it's like, I definitely have a lot to do at home. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not lonely around here, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's good. So do you have any advice for other couples who might be thinking of getting married during lockdown or, you know, people who are maybe thinking of postponing, but like, what would your advice be on whether to go ahead or not? Yeah, I think you just really need to think about the reasons you're doing the wedding that you're doing. So the first time I got married, I did get pushed into sort of the church. I didn't want to get married in the church, but the, you know, parents wanted us to get married in the church. And so it's important that what you're doing is for you, whether it, and you know, if moving forward during COVID and getting married is the right thing to do, even if it's just the two of you, that's awesome. Some people, it's really important to them that they have their family and friends there and they have the big celebration. So do that, you know, wait for that because that's awesome if that's what you're into. Um, just don't get pushed into, and this is for like any wedding, any time. There's mm. so much emotion and so many people have needs around it. And just remember to put yourself and your partner first because that's that's what it's all about. Love that. I mean, I, I'm glad we did it this way. And mm-hmm. it's planning a wedding is stressful so to have it you know we had just Mm. been kind of kicking the idea around for years and to have it done is is nice Mm. now we have it to look back on and it was fun and it was what we wanted it to be yeah you have a great covid story to tell people in the future (laughs) exactly (laughs) no one can be mad i can't wait for the party well thank you so much miranda for coming on and sharing your story this has been awesome yeah yes thank you for having me All right, now it's time to move on to our final segment, the Scarlet Text. Okay, it's my turn to give a reading recommendation this week. I mean, I haven't read anything super relevant to coronavirus weddings recently. I guess not much of that actually exists. (laughs) Um, But I'm just going to recommend a book that I've really enjoyed in the last couple of weeks. Um, It's called leave the world behind it's dystopian I'm such a sucker for dystopian fiction it's kind of it's about a family in New York who go and stay at an Airbnb uh, on Long Island like they think they're just like going away for a holiday Um, and then like a couple of days into their stay these like this other random couple knocks on their door it turns out they're the owners of the airbnb and they say there's been a power cut like everything's gone weird in new york and so then they end up like moving back into their airbnb and so they're all living there together um and so it is kind of about two marriages tedious link but i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, use it sounds kind of like a nomadic dystopia yeah and so it's basically just about you know the world is ending and how do these people react to it um and it's a it's short it's quite a short read I think like I read it in a day I am a fast reader but it was a short read and it was it was really good it was just really insightful on how you might actually react to the end of the world and it's quite understated and it's just like really really awesome descriptions um and yeah so for anyone else who who likes dystopian fiction I would totally recommend it I'm definitely gonna check it out I love dystopian um and I actually almost thought that you were gonna say um it was a book called The Heart Goes Last by Margaret Atwood because that is also a dystopian book that kind of centers around two marriages and Ooh, I really enjoyed that it, one so. up too yeah maybe we'll have a little swapsy of dystopian marriage books this one sounds really good sounds awesome mm-hmm. well next week exciting news we're going to be recording a live episode we've never done this before we are very inexperienced but we're very excited for it uh so it's going to be live with digital nomad girls so if you are an inner circle member with dng or if you want to become one uh in the next week which by the time this episode comes out is going to be today so probably not Uh, but if you are in the inner circle you can share your lockdown dating stories with us on air and listeners you're going to finally get a variety of of other stories not just our uh sad updates 
Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Me too. So if you do have a wild or funny dating story, you can send us an email at datingabroadnomads at gmail.com. Or if you want to set one of us up one of us up on a virtual date, we would be up for that. I am pretty excited about mine, even though um, I'm not sure how great match is going to be. So I will, I will definitely take some more for sure. And if Kayla does go on her virtual date, we may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. Um, our, our latest Patreon video is definitely one to watch, by the way. We yeah. do a little review of the Pornhub sex education website. If you ever thought of becoming a patron and was like, oh, I don't know, one dollar, it's a lot. Uh, now it's definitely the time to join because a lot of juicy stuff is coming up. Totally. Um, and on there, our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments on the podcast. The, the link to sign up is patreon.com forward slash dating abroad and benefits start from just $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We now have seven patrons, and as has become our tradition, here is our limerick about them. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad who is definitely not a bromad. And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi, who listens to our podcast in Germany. She was joined by a Brit with an eco-cleaning kit and a Swede who's a big fan of Bali. Next came a lovely Canuck, who met her beau underground by a truck. In came an unsettled man, the first male of our clan. And we're just really itching to write that next line. So please join us. <laughs> um, our awesome theme music is by the ever-talented Lee Trung. Visit her website at leetrung.bandcamp.com. And our gorgeous logo is by Samina, who's on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We are also on Instagram, dating underscore a underscore broad. And on Facebook, Dating Abroad Nomads. I think we might have to actually write a new limerick for next time. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.